Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, conversations with a cause with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur. That's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In each episode, we have a special guest joining SAF in discussion with journalist and broadcaster Adrian Kibler. This week, SAF talks to Dr. Richard Fallon about how to bring people together. They talk about their experiences with networking and how it's so much more than people selling to each other. So let's join the conversation. Hello and welcome to another Canny Conversation. These are our business conversations with a cause, conversations that we will hope will captivate your curiosity cannily. And um, today we've got with us uh, Safraz Ali, as always. Saf, um, good to see you. Always good to see you, Adrian. Oh, he's a flatterer. Look, we've also got a a guest with us today, and and it's somebody that Saf and I have known for perhaps more years than we care to admit, although he was only a baby when we first met him. Dr. Richard Fallon. Um, uh, we've got listeners all over the country. Uh, we've got listeners in Germany, we've got listeners in the Far East and in the States. So there just might be somebody in this wicked world that doesn't know Richard, but there won't be many of them. <laughs> but given the fact but given but given the fact that in some deepest part of some jungle there just might be somebody for whom the Navy is, is not familiar. A scientist, marketeer, all round good egg. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, Richard, you before we start. <laughs> Hi, Adrian. As, as always, a pleasure, my friend. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dr. Richard Fallon, often known as the guy with the laugh. The laugh, <laughs> if, they, if they don't know who I am, it's you like, might have recognised yeah. me by the laugh. Yeah. Um, I've had a somewhat interesting kind of career, to say the least. Uh, my PhD is from Aston University in laser physics. And my work appeared on tomorrow as well, back in 1999, if you remember that. Because yeah, I worked, yeah, I worked on... Uh, a master, it, it was from master of a yacht, and I put a optical fibre sensor into that, wow. so it could sense strain. So that really, yeah. that was good. That was good. Yeah. I literally worked out in an underground lab on my own for three years. I saw only the daylight on people, and I like both those things. So I moved on from there to work for British Airways as a business analyst for four years, and then I moved back to Birmingham to work at Empire for two years. Set my own business two thousand and four which is about the time I met Adrian, which mm. back in the day now really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, yeah well, wasn't, that was at a playgroup, wasn't it, uh, Richard? That's right, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. that was an after-school club, wasn't it, Adrian? Yeah, yeah. Right. And um, I was doing it at the time, I'd set up a consultancy, we did a lot of um, help uh, management consultancy work, and in 2009, everybody said, we need help with marketing. Mm. So I became the marketing engineer, found I really enjoy marketing, got into that, uh, started marketing universities with the technology supply chain, it's kind gone on from that but I really like people I really like technology and I really like marketing and I love networking wow I actually love networking I love people <laughs> like you guys see fantastic how did you meet Richard I, I originally uh, online really uh, Richard was prolific in terms of social media he was very good in terms of his copy his uh, he used to get these emails and they were really engaging emails and you know sometimes you get emails and you, you know you don't bother in, in the so forth and, and you're reading an email and you actually 
Jesse Vinder. I thought I was looking forward to these emails, and the emails were like really well written, and you know it's like a, a sales copy, and not everybody can write that way. And I thought this is this is interesting. Who's this chap? So I started following uh, on, on social media. I started following engaging, and then Richard started doing some events as well, some specialist events. So I came to an event and so forth, and then we found out the fact that we've got quite a few people in common quite a few connections and so forth and obviously that relationship has, has evolved and, and for the last two or three years I've been knocking on Richard's door to try and get me into the St Paul's pub which which, 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 which at the moment they, they put on hold on but um, that's that's uh, that. so there's a, a multi-dimensional multi-sort relationship and uh, we've also worked with Richard so consultancy company as well as the technology supply chain and uh, put ourselves through uh, one of the programs which is a unique relationship and uh, I've also come to Richard for uh, contacts he's referred me to many sort of you know many people so quite a lot of but also you know well connected a lot of contacts and uh, so, so what we're saying Saf is he's, he's talented he's positive <laughs> he's cheerful he's well connected absolutely somebody very you could very easily get to dislike <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anyway I, to, I always start every talk I've ever given Adrian by always saying not but I, I'll start with an apology at the end of this show, you're going to say, Richard Fallon, see if that nice guy like what I have to say. Or you're going to walk out going, I hate that Richard Fallon. I, you know, I actually walk into oncoming traffic rather than risk a conversation if he's on the street. Yeah. So, and it's true, people split one, you know, one way or the other. A lot of people say, you're far too loud. Yeah. You're far too, you laugh too loud. It's like, you don't like that. Okay, I'm not friends And it always looks so stylish as well. We're going to talk in this session about networking, a topic which Safra and, and, and Richard are both very well informed. They've been doing a lot of it for a very, very long time. So let's begin by asking Seth and, and then Richard, what were your first experiences of networking? How did you first get involved in networking in terms of, you know, trying to promote businesses and link people together? Uh, for me personally, it was 2004, 2005. Um, and I, I thought I think, I think I did it the wrong way now. Yeah, I will really look at you know how I did things. And I was a mortgage broker, a finance broker, and uh, I went uh, to become self-employed. And as part of that, I thought I need to go out there and, and find clients and join uh, various networking groups and attend events. Probably face to face. I mean, online was wasn't that prolific at the time in terms of online stuff. Uh, there was an online uh, networking platform called Academy. That was part of it was prior prior to LinkedIn and so forth. So it's part of the academy community, and they and they, and they called themselves the community. And I, I felt part of that community, part engaged with with that community, and I thought was, that was brilliant. Um, but for me, it was about my mortgage broking days, going out and and finding customers and so forth, attending events wherever I can. Uh, and then you know my mind changed as well in terms of what networking is. It's not about you know really setting out there. It's about building trust and building community relationships and being part of a community and, and getting to know people. And now for me, it's, uh, you know, part of different networks, uh, part of, you know, some industry-specific, very sort of peers uh, where, you know, we talk shop, you know, we share ideas. We're not actually selling to each other. We're just there to share best practice. Uh, so it's like a peer network. I know the government sort of be doing these peer networks now, but we were part of that peer meetups, you know, so it's like, you know, peers getting together, discussing best practice, sharing sort of having quality circles and sharing ideas. And so I've used it in terms of learning. I've used it also in terms of actually going out and talking and or listening, 
listening to uh, influential people, the motivational people, key you know keynote speakers. So you know potentially that's that's a big attraction for me if I if I know there's somebody out there that I want to listen to. Uh, so it you know it, it feels inspired, and, this, and a lot of the time I'm going to events because being with people who are positive-minded, you know, I've got, to, I've got the right mindset, energizes you, it inspires you, and, you know, you want to, you want to, and you feel, you come back and you feel that, you know, you you know, you can do things, and sometimes you need that environment, and that environment sort of success, you know, success, you know, brings success, and if you're talking to people, if you can help them, direct them, and at the same time, you feel inspired, it's a great place to, uh, to be. So where did you start, Richard? How did you begin? I, I started networking back in 2004. Yeah. It was it was just after I set up my business, and I think I went to a chamber of commerce event. Oh. That, that was my first thing. I think I got an invite somehow, and I thought, oh, I'll go along and check it out. And it was there that I met Paul Webb, who introduced me into uh, oh. BNI. Great, great guy, Paul. Very well networked. And at the time, he was running several uh, BNI chapters, and I went along to that. And that was really when I got into networking. So I think BNI does give you some great training if, if you're new to networking. Gives you an idea of how to do it. That's what I think. So 2004, obviously you're quite a lot younger than, than myself. How old were you? <laughs> you don't mind me asking. You know? 2004, I was, I think by now, 31. Yeah. Yeah. 31. That's, you know, yeah. Well, hats off to you. So, so I started um, with, with B&I and that was how I met Adrian. Yeah. Uh, we met through that and uh, get, got into that, got into to networking, started going to other events as well. Um, I think I did about a year and a half in B&I and then I decided it was time to move on and do something else. And I've kind of done lots of different networking since then. I really like St. Paul's Club. I'm the president yeah. of it yeah, of course. this year. Very president proud to be that. Very proud to be the president. But um, with that, it's like the complete opposite of B&I. So B&I is very formal, structured, and it's about yeah. making, making relationships and sales. St. Paul's is the complete opposite. It's a community group and it's yeah. like-minded people coming together for lunch. Uh, traditionally, you want to have business over the table. Mm. There's things like that and it's a good way to make friends. Mm. And I've done lots of networking things. There's some like great networking um, lunches out there that I've done in the past and I often find nowadays I like to do um, awards dinners and things mm. like that. But I find those black tie events or the formal things great because you get to meet people you might not meet at BNI. nice. So they tend to mm. be MDC CEOs of bigger businesses yeah. um, and especially we go to like an event where the speaker is something that really appeals to them um, whereas you'll find with some of your B&I's they, tend, they can be a bit smaller businesses yeah. and that might not be yeah. Yeah, I want to drill down if I can to something which you've alluded to um, Richard which is kind of the distinction between what I call informal networks which are you've talked about St Paul's Club of which um I'm also have the privilege of being a member. And that's a group that I would call an informal network. Um, it's not a group that's specifically there to bring businesses together, but you get to know people, to trust people, and something might happen as a result of it, a bit like, you know, the golf club or something of that yeah. order. And then on the other hand, you've got what I call formal networking, which is we've alluded to BNI, and, and I know, Saf, you've had a lot of involvement in setting up networking groups aimed at different people. So let's just talk about the distinction between, you know, a formal business networking group that you probably pay some money to be part of and the more informal group because, you know, networking isn't new. It's been going on since Adam and Eve were around. You know, it's, it's people getting to know each other and trust each other and see what happens. But 
Do you have a view, Seth, about the merits of, of either or, or, or have they both got their own plate, informal and, and formal? I mean, I'm, I'm part of both. Uh, and and I think each, a lot of it is about what works for you and what's right and what you're looking to do. I mean, I, 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 I've been part of BNI and, and I found it very difficult for me to maintain uh, you know, consistency. And, and, and with BNI, it works. I've seen it work. It works for many other people, but I found it very difficult for me in terms of keeping it up, keeping consistent. And it became quite difficult for me to maintain that. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm struggling here. And then I looked at what other alternatives are there. And sometimes, you know, at the time for me, it was Federation of Small Businesses. You know, there was, there was an opportunity there. Uh, there was uh, the, the local chamber. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce. And then we also looked at our, ourselves in terms of, you know, what well, can we create uh, our own sort of community? And we created, we, and we came up with Pathway to Grow back in 2000. Uh, we had the idea, the idea in 2011, created that in 2012. And that was in very informal. There was no membership. There's no sign-up process. It was a matter of, it was revolved around a keynote speaker. So, you know, we have this tagline, network, learn and grow. And, you know, you learn through meeting other people. You learn because you're in the audience of hopefully a keynote speaker that has some uh, has a story to tell. And you, you're on the journey of lifelong learning. So Pathway to Grow was our thing. And then what we thought was that actually, you know what, we need to sort of segregate and classify and, and, and give people so, uh, differentiation. Some people wanted to, uh, to network over uh, sort of a dinner, you know, informal uh, balti. So we have Chutney and Chat, which which we've been running. Uh, we also wanted to do daytime, uh, which were, you know wasn't there. So we had this coffee and matter, which was an afternoon event. We had a, we have a breakfast event. There's a lot. There's a lot of breakfast networking events. So we had a slight differentiation seat of network that we created, and then the ladies event called Smosa Saturday. So these are all part of the pathway to grow family, and some have really taken off, and others we've had a bit of hit and miss in terms of consistency. So in that respect, it's a community that we have. We had to change, um, you know, like like everybody else. So we went online last year and try to keep that keep that going. Uh, we've got WhatsApp groups, so the community is is there supporting each other. Sometimes, you know, you might get a message to say, "Do you know any plumber out there?" Or do you know, you know, not necessarily work related. It could be just contact. You know, do you know somebody who can do photography for a wedding? Do you know somebody who can, you know, hire cars and so forth? And it's just a matter of referrals because it's a trusted community. So, you know, from my perspective, I, I want to be part of different communities. I'm, you know, obviously striving to be part of St. Paul's, but also, you know, we're part of the, the chamber, we're members of that, but also our industry as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm part of something called the Association of Employment Learning Providers, ELP. We're also part of a different sort of sector based of, you know, I've become a member of ERSA, getting people back into employment. It's a, it's a confederation of employability professionals. And at the same time, we're creating other communities. So BAME Apprentice Network, people who are, you know, uh, who are apprentices from a BAME background that, that want to sort of support each other. Degree Apprentice Network is another one. So it's really, it's a segmentation and it's like not all apprentices are the same, so you can't have a catch-all. So Degree Apprentice Network is, again, people who are doing degrees and are apprentices, they've got more things in common and they'll come together and because they've got that one thing in common and then they'll, they'll grow. Just, just for the benefit of yeah. those who yeah. who don't know, I, I, I imagine many do, but what, what's the acronym BAME stand for? 
So this is uh, yeah. Sorry, I keep I keep you know, we, we sometimes assume that everybody is, uh, again. I know, I know we've got individuals that are that are from different sectors and also uh, people uh, people outside the UK as well. So that's black, Asian minority ethnics. Uh, that's a catch-all really for community. So Richard Suff's given us so much to to go out there, but I, I want also to just we we made various illusions um, to St Paul's Club, and there just might be some people out there who are thinking. What's that? Is that a church or what? And there's nobody better. <laughs> there is nobody better to tell us about what St Paul's Club is than the president of St Paul's Club. Yes. And the president of St Paul's Club at the time of this recording is no other than Dr Richard Fallon. So, so what is St Paul's Club, Richard? Uh, so, so St Paul's Club is the oldest private members club in Birmingham. It was established back in 1859 and it was brought about by a group of jewellers in the mm. jewellery course in Birmingham mm. who'd had enough of having bad lunches or poor mm. service and they decided to set up their own club. So it's set up as a lunch club where people go as an oasis and a way to get away, away from work. Mm. Um, and the whole idea was you could come for a lunch at the time. I think there was lunches every day and it'd always be arrived from 12.30, sit down at one and lunch would be done at two. And the form of the, the club's got some amazing traditions like mm. it always used to be carving at the table so mm. the joint would get carved at the table. And we have the legendary Warsaw sauce which mm. Adrian will know oh, all yes. about yes. which is when you have the rice pudding in. The rice pudding is one of the desserts choices is always rice pudding. And what happened is with the members with Mattel but you're going to have like beer, you can have wine on the table, but you can't have any spirit. Now, with all these rules, people always look for ways to get around it. And somebody very cleverly found I don't know how, they found out that a cat full of gin goes phenomenally well yeah. in rice pudding. Okay. Really well. So obviously now, this was no longer a spirit. It was a condiment. And because the gin at the time came from Walsall, yeah. it became known as Walsall mm-hmm. sauce. And I can highly recommend it. If you ever, <laughs> uh, ever have rice pudding, try a cat full of gin in it. it it's really nice. Um, but yeah, the whole idea of St. Paul's Club was just that nice community where like-minded business people could come, have a lunchtime, get away from work mm. and have some good companionship and uh, yeah, get away from it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Richard, tell us a little bit about some of the networking groups that you're involved with at the moment and in particular the supply chain. Yes, so um, the technology uh, supply chain was something I set up a few years ago now. It's been going since, uh, formally since 2019 when we mm. became registered, but it has been going since 2018. And how that came about was I, um, you know, I was doing marketing and my PhD group had a reunion in 2016. And uh, they said to me, they said, we could actually do with some help because we've got lots of funding and grants, um, but we can't attract in the businesses to get them to understand how we can help. So they said, can you help? I said, of course. You know, I do marketing now, my PhD's from there. And that went really well. Mm-hmm. And what came from that was we decided that actually there, there was loads of these funds out there, loads of these grants that nobody knew about. So we kind of thought, what we need to do is connect people in a way and we want to connect people to each other. Mm-hmm. So we started doing events at St. Paul's Club, the, the old building where mm-hmm. we had that, and we'd have 60-odd people there. And we'd tell them what was on offer. We'd have a good keynote speaker and people would come and network. And that's a no-cost membership. People enjoy it. And it, it's funny because we had some people from... Um, I, 
get a university. And about four of them came to one of our events, Adrian. And they said to me at the end, they said, three of them came up to me, all independent, said, every year's like really nice. And they're really surprised. It was like, what, how is it every really nice here? And, it, and it's because I think the way we do things, it's loud, lively, it's friendly. If you're not that type of person, they don't tend to come back. So we've ended up with a group of really nice people who really like innovation and really like doing stuff. So that's something I can, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good group. We meet monthly. We've got a briefing. Mm-hmm. It'd be good to get back to meeting physically um, as opposed to doing everything online, which we have been doing. And also run a little group uh, that's been going since 2016, actually, mm-hmm. where we meet once a month for breakfast and we just kind of like it to find out what's going on, see if we can refer business. Because mm-hmm. as we said, it's always about relationships, mm-hmm. isn't it? You do business with people you know, like, and yeah. trust. And it's a good way of doing it. But I, I still like to do, I'm going to be getting back to the chamber, a Black Country Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. going to their events because I really like that. Um, I'm also going to have a look at the FSB as well, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably mm-hmm. be good. One of, one of the themes that I think is coming out from the conversations that we've had is that, you know, networking is not a case of one size fits all, that some people are better suited to different kind of network than others. And Saf, I know that, that this is something that you recognise when you set up the coffee and that of the group, because I think you recognise at that point, you knew that there are some people who are not like Richard, gregarious and highly articulate and... You know, for people who are quite... He's, he's not a straight Simon, is he? Richard. <laughs> 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 yeah. But the point of... The point I'm making is that, you know, there are some people who perhaps find it quite difficult, and that was one of the reasons why I think you set up that group. Is that not right? Absolutely. So, you know, we, we thought, I mean, networking isn't just really, isn't just about extroverts getting together and selling to each other. And, and what we thought was there's a way that if we can get people in around a keynote speaker where they don't have to necessarily get up and say something because public speaking is probably one of the biggest things and probably is the most frightening thing out there for people. Not everybody's used to that. And people get worried, the fact that they're going to be asked to say something, even asked to introduce themselves. So if you're if you're in a group and you're having to say, my name is XYZ or some sort of elevator pitch, that's frightening the daylights out of people. And, and because of that, whether it's a 30 seconds or a minute that they've got to introduce themselves, they won't go and uh, they won't attend. So you know, we said, okay, coffee and that, uh, some of our events, you don't have to actually introduce yourself. You can do one-to-ones because some people are actually very good at one-to-ones and have been at conversations, but they want to, don't want to be highlighted or say something. So our coffee and that was specifically saying, you know, if you want to, if you want to say something, fantastic, you can. If you don't, and we're not going to go around the room saying, you know, do you want to say something and so forth. So you, you know, so if if, if you if you wish to, you come to the front of the room, say your bit, and then you know uh, you've got a minute, and then you, you know the next person. And it was an open open room and open forum in that respect. So that's what really worked for us in terms of that. And we sort of looked at that, and I, you know that was myself really for a while because I was nervous in terms of doing that. 30 seconds or elevator, and I actually used to practice that and say, you know what, this is how I'm going to say it and so forth. And you're always nervous. So that was something that I, I was, I'm proud of and, and it's worked for us. But what's happened since then is that people are getting a little bit more used to it and, and, uh, and you know, you've got videos now that, you know, that, that sort of teach you how to do things and so forth. So it's it's sort of changed now. We, what we find is that more and more people want to go out and, and have their 30 seconds or, you know, have their quick pitch to say, this is who I am, this is what we do, and this is how I can help you yeah I, th- I think that one of the things that, that we wouldn't want to do is is miss the opportunity to sort of pick brains and expertise and i want to 
us both of you for some sort of thoughts in terms of, you know, some of the basic do's and don'ts, some of the basic tips when you're looking to, to network in terms of, you know, some people say you go through the list <coughs> and you decide who you want to meet. Some people say you, you shouldn't do that. So some basic do's and don'ts, Richard, and some of the things that you've seen that have made you cringe over the years. So it's, it's one thing, um, and this great piece of advice got from Neil Liddell, it was when you go networking, always go to meet six new people and mm. have a proper conversation. Mm. So if I go, I'd, I'd always look for that. Mm. I wouldn't really go through the list because to find who I want to meet, because mm. usually that means I want to sell to that person, mm. and that's not what really networking is about. One of the things I find is you must know what your USP is. Mm. If you do. So, Sal, can you tell us, what, 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 what is a USP? Unique selling point. It's, it's a unique selling proposition. Yes. You know? And it first, it, it, this was, this idea came about from a, a guy called Vossa Reeves. What a great name. Uh, from a book in 1961 called Reality and Advertising. Mm-hmm. And Vossa Reeves was the man behind the minstrels line, you know, chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hands. He mm-hmm. developed that. And he said, because most people think a USP is just something that's unique. It's mm-hmm. it's not, it needs three things. What Vossa Reeves says is, one, it has to promise a specific benefit so you've got to say if you buy my product or service Mm. this is what you're going to get Mm. number two he said it's got to be unique but when he said unique he said something your competitors do not or cannot offer so it's got to be something like that so you don't compete with everybody in the world it's just whoever your competitors are it's going to be unique and the third one is it's got to attract the mass millions Mm. now nobody here is looking for mass millions but it's got to be attractive to people so one of the things i often find when i was networking at the time i'd meet a lot of accountants yeah and accountants would always say well what's your usb And they'd always say, well, you know, we do a great job and, and we're friendly. And I'm like, I always like to reply to that, well, one, that obviously isn't unique because yeah. they all said it. But I always like to reply to that by saying, that's a real shame. I like my accountants to be incompetent and openly hostile to me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the bare minimum you expect from anybody is they can do the job and they're going to be friendly to you. That, you know, that, that is real bare minimum stuff. So it's kind of getting people to have a think. What hits those three things? So you need to really work on that. You really work on that USP and get something out of that. What I like to do is when I network, I always boil down what I do, try and do it to one sentence. And if I can get the idea of three in there at work. So for the technology supply chain, I say the technology supply chain is a no-cost membership which helps manufacturing, engineering and tech companies to grow by connecting with the grants fully from the spot and the opportunities available to them. So that is one sentence, and it, but it gives everything. Because what I find is most people, if you're a competitor, because it's weird, you always end up talking to your competitors don't you know, It's like whatever you do, you always end up talking to them. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. People stop listening. And, and I think that's, I mean, when I've done, in our group, we don't do 60 seconds, we do 10 seconds. Because okay. I said that's long enough to know do I want to speak to you or not? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not enough to say, here's, here's what I am, here's what I do. Do we have a chat? Because you can't sell. Mm. It, all you can do is look to set up a one-to-one, as you said. Mm. A lot of people yeah. are good at that. And you think, actually, I need to have a chat with you. I mean, one of the things that you've talked about, Saf, in conversations that we've had, is baloney. And I think what you're talking about there is, you know, credibility. And just tell us your thoughts in terms of what you mean about you know, avoiding baloney and what sort of thing do you look for from from somebody who's doing it right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you make ref, make a reference to one of my canny 
uh, Kenny Boyce, which is bravado is baloney. And what I was referring to there is that, you know, when people come in and, and sort of have this PR machine on, you now that we're doing this, we're working with these international brands and so forth, and they're not necessarily looking at who they're talking to. So if I'm if I'm in a room with SME businesses and I'm saying, well, I'm actually servicing these international companies and I'm international and I've got offices in Dubai and so forth or whatever, you're, in a way, alienating the audience and you're, you're not building that sort of relationship. And from my perspective, it becomes a PR machine and you're just going out there and, and you know, finding out. One bugbear for me is that when people say, well, actually, I'm looking for high net worth individuals. You know, if you're looking for a certain industry, you know, for example, if I'm looking to work with accountants because I've got an offer, that's fantastic, you know, because you know who your clients are. But if you're looking for high net worth individuals, then you're close-minded because what you're saying is I'm not going to talk to you because you're potentially not a high net worth individual. And you're really segmenting, I think, in the wrong way. You've got to be a little bit open-minded. You've got to be in a position where it's not necessarily even about the person, but it's maybe the network that they've got. And the fact that, you know, they may have, they may think of you in terms of helping someone, somebody else to say, you know what, I know just the person to talk to. Richard is the guy. He's your marketing engineer. He can help you in terms of that business because we've got a connection. So it not, may, may not be the fact that I'm a customer of Richard, but I could well be a referral partner. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a referral partner in terms of a formal relationship. It's just the fact that I want to help that individual. And for me, it's that biggest thing in terms of people do actually want to help. And it's really being able to uh, stay in that person's mind when they're thinking about or when they're trying to solve a problem to say, yeah, he's the man or she's the go-to lady for this or whatever the case is. You want to be that go-to person uh, for whatever, you know, whatever your niche is or whatever your USB USB is. So that's that's my sort of take on it, really. And isn't it also about... um... You know, there are other benefits to, to being a part of a network, not just in terms of the potential to, to win work, which obviously is yeah. part of it, but it's also, you know, the ability to share experiences, yeah. to sometimes have a, a shoulder to cry on. Would you, would you both agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think networking is, there is definitely a thing about, you know, um, selling, there's definitely yeah. a thing about cutting costs. But I think it's really important that you meet other business owners because I found when I started off in, in business, um, none of, all of my friends still work for corporates. Um, none of my family um, run a business, so they don't understand yeah. the stress and pressures. So it's good to meet other business owners going through the same learning you are. Yeah. And I think that's really important is is you can actually, you, you end up with a bit of a support network as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly the, the right phrase. It's a support network. You know, sometimes, you know, you're close to the nearest of dairies, into the family members and so forth, and you've got nothing in common. And you, know, you can talk to them in terms of some of the issues. But they can't relate to it the way that somebody else who's been there, who's done it, who's in the same sector, who understands business or, you know, understands the journey that you have of entrepreneurship. It's a very tough sector, very lonely place, regardless of, you know, what you're trying to achieve. But it's a very tough sector. And, uh, and, and you know, if you can work with other entrepreneurs, work with other business owners, you know, you've got that support mechanism. And, you know, what you find is that if you've got a problem, somebody else has already been there, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, it just helps you on that journey. And and sometimes we don't have enough people in our, you know, enough people that we can go to that we can comfortably speak to without feeling threatened. And I think it's that element of really sharing your vulnerability and concern. And sometimes, you know, it's finding those people that, you know, that you can talk to. I want to finish by talking about, briefly, about the future of networking, um, because it has changed. Um, it's 
not just about getting together in a room face to face. Obviously, um, social media plays a part in it. LinkedIn is, is is a network. The situation that we've had over the COVID years um, have meant that, as, as Richard alluded to, you know, that the face to face groups haven't been possible in many cases. So people are getting together in other ways. So how do you think networking will will go in the you know in the next five years? And do you think that technology will play a bigger part, or do you think at the end of the day, people are still going to want to look each other in the eye um, in the same room? It's a really good question. Um, I think only the formal networking, when you've got a BNI or a business and a breakfast or something like that, works well on Zoom because it's very structured, it's very rigid. I've been to plenty of events now where there'll be a conference and they try and do the informal networking where you meet people and you get two minutes. It doesn't really work. And I think that's largely because you need to be able to see people as you read from body cues and body language. And I think it's much harder that way. I think think networking has got to be an individual thing where you meet people. Once you know them and all of that, or like a BNI where it's very formal, that's fine. But I think otherwise people want to meet people and you want to have a chat with somebody so i was fine with linkedin as well i think it's often used in the incorrect way because you'll connect with somebody who suddenly starts bombarding yourself <laughs> messages and they won't ask about you at all it's all like, i'm trying to sell you this dinner and you think generally networking people know not to do that yeah do you know what i mean is they don't hard sell you and what i find really odd is when they keep messaging you even though you've not replied. It's kind of like if I was stood there next to you, you wouldn't kind of keep talking to me if you'd asked me something I hadn't replied to it. So it's kind of having that conversation. I mean, I just remember one of my worst networking experiences <laughs> was only enough at a chamber event where I was actually, uh, there was a gentleman there I met. He asked me what I did and I gave him the one sentence. And then he, he then proceeded to tell me for at least, it felt like forever, but it's probably five, ten minutes on photography. He was a photographer now, a business. And it was just hard sellers in the corner pinned down like this. it's like relentless so since that day I've become a network rescuer so if you're on the call I'd like you to be a network rescuer if you ever see somebody pinned in the corner if they've got a badge or look at the badge and just go up and say hi Adrian or whoever yeah. the name is read the badge and say can we have that chat now and then pull them away I honestly please be a network and you feel for some people you just said you've just got cornered and somebody's just pitching at you and it's not networking absolutely uh, uh, I mean I think for me I think uh, my take is there's going to be more and more of it and you know you've got groups within subgroups Mm. you know you've got you know private dining is something that we we picked up on uh, in terms of our organisation so we've created this quantum club where we get people together uh, with, you know, I'm, I'm doing it as an opportunity f- to meet new people and at the same time for those individuals they're meeting others so that's one for, for, for us is it's a, it's a way of marketing so rather than having you know so as our organization pathway we, we don't you know we can either look at how do we grow our business and what we want to do is build that relationship so from a high level perspective I want to add value so I want to give first um, and I want to try and bring value to the table bring people in, uh, not necessarily about pitching ourselves to them, but it's more about them being in an environment where they're also enjoying themselves, they're gaining, and at the same time, they may in the future think, you know what, if you need support of these organizations, I'll put you in touch. 
that's the way we're growing our business in terms of you know that element of it. We're also th- working on sort of mastermind type groups as well, which again is actually trying to come come together in a bit of a formal setting, but actually supporting each other to grow your business. So this is you know we call we're calling it D to D direct to director. So that's something that we're doing. So what you're finding is that you know networking per se in terms of just having random people in a room, there's less and less of that. There's a lot of people wanting your attention and you've got a lot more opportunities now. And it's really understanding what works for you, what you enjoy doing, what clubs or associations or groups you feel part of. Uh, hybrid is also I think a way. So wherever possible, you know we you know we we will look at now possibly creating an app or a Facebook group or maybe a LinkedIn group that works with that. As I said, you know, we've got a WhatsApp group that works for our PTG community that's really flourishing. We've got our Facebook groups as well. And it's a combination of those things. And, but there's a lot more to it. There's a lot, a lot of groups out there. There's a lot of networking out there. Just as there's events out there, you wouldn't necessarily go to every single event. We, you know, we could go to an event right now and there'll be 10 awards students in Birmingham. There'll be so, so many others and then probably not on your radar you wouldn't necessarily go with that it's about the, the community that you're part of what you what you feel that that works for you and, and what tickles your you know fancy in some aspects of it no i completely agree yeah. at one point i had a good few years now ago now i was doing three networking events a week and it's just too much because the thing is is you think you've got to follow up with people you meet you need to have one-to-ones so suddenly you think and i've got to work at some point <laughs> as well i've actually got to do some real work so, so you're right i think there is a thing i'm, I'm being careful of where you go to i always think it's where you feel comfortable and relaxed as well so i, I think there's various like bni groups or chapters some you feel great in you think actually fitting in and some you don't mm-hmm. equally i think it's like any event you go to isn't it sometimes you think these yeah i really like it this is great and sometimes it's not but as you said if you get something industry focused where you can meet the right type of people fantastic so much knowledge and experience although as, as we said at the beginning we started very young richard and i the clock has beaten us, always does, yeah. um, unfortunately. So it's now the time when we have to curtail this canny conversation with a cause. I'm sure that there are questions and, and, and feedback is something that which we value enormously. Um, we hope that people will subscribe to this podcast and we hope that they'll like it. And um, I, I think Saf and I would both like to finish by saying a huge thank you yeah, to absolutely. Richard, a very busy man. And he has waited quite a long time to talk to us on this particular <laughs> occasion <laughs> for reasons um, for reasons which, which we which we won't go into. In fact, uh, he's been in to- in incredibly kind and, and, and tolerant and, and that's how he is. So thank you, Richard. And to our listeners... Goodbye until next time. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with the Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safras Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safras at pathwaygroup.co.uk. Canny Conversations with the Cause are produced by Pathway Group, who have a mission to change lives through skills and work. And they do this through upskilling and reskilling individuals by getting them firstly into sustainable employment and tackling the talent and skills issues commonly faced by businesses. In addition to their core skills and employability business, Pathway Group also actively promote diversity, equality and inclusion 
and have initiated courses such as the BAME Apprentice Network, the BAME Apprenticeship Awards, and the Festival of Apprenticeships.